my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi on a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. iHeartRadio presents Podversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych-up ritual scrub stars Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations? Or why Keegan-Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling? Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, Podversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the industry. Hey, everybody, and thank you so much for joining for another session of the iHeart Podcast Speaker Series. My name is Connell Byrne. I'm the CEO of the iHeart Media Digital Audio Group, and we've been doing these conversations for two or three years now. They started at a moment in our country and the world when we were moving into a different sort of pace and state, which was lockdown. And we wanted to find a way to stay connected to each other, to keep talking, keep having conversations with great, great creators and storytellers that we work with at iHeart 
using podcasting as the sort of excuse to have these conversations. And they've turned into some of the best moments of my week, every week, being able to talk about what makes certain creators tick from Will Ferrell to Malcolm Gladwell to Martha Stewart to Charlemagne the God. Just fantastic ways into people's sort of creative engines. And this week is a real special treat for me. I, I get to sort of sit with a dear friend of mine and also one of the truly best, most creative storytellers I've ever had the pleasure to work with. Mangesh Hatikadur, first of all, thank you so much for hanging out with us for half an hour. <laughs> no, I'm thrilled to. It's wonderful. <laughs> for anybody who knows a little bit about the background, Mangesh used to work at iHeart, one of our lead executive producers for the iHeart Podcast Network. But you have a long sort of storied career already. <laughs> in content and making content and different kinds of content and putting that out there in the world. And what I sort of see as a through line across all the stuff you've made is always sort of looking a little bit at where storytelling and content's going, like just a little bit of a peek around the corner of taking what folks are doing and trying to sharpen the edges a bit, make it a little better, anticipating what might be the leveled up version of this that folks are doing now. But my take, and we will get into it. First, I want to just talk a little bit about where you come from so folks have this background. You are in college and you started a company allegedly out of a dorm room. Talk about that a little bit. What was the name of the company? How did it get started and why? Yeah, it was actually with Will Pearson, who I'm sure most of you know on staff here, but the company was called Mental Floss. And it came out of that mix of cockiness and naivete that you have when you're in your 20s. And Will and I had both really loved learning and, and, and Will used to make these crazy lists of like favorite left-handed basketball players or like, like whatever it was and, and these massive lists and, and, and had them around and I was kind of obsessed with trivia but our idea was like we love learning and where are you going to learn after college in a way that's not sort of you know no one has time to dig into musty textbooks or you know you're so busy with your job or with kids or whatever so what if there was a magazine that came to your doorstep and you could skim it and it felt like your favorite professor's sitting at a bar, just chatting with you, telling their favorite things from their subjects. And and so we went out and looked for it on newsstands and couldn't couldn't find it. And we decided, you know, let's try to make it. And then we ordered a book called How to Launch a Magazine and followed it page by page. You ordered a book called How to Launch a Magazine to launch a magazine. And that was Mental Floss, which then sort of evolved into a website, mentalfloss.com. Did that for a while. What was it like uh, just the world of startup for five, 10 years? It was fun. I mean, we were such outsiders from the space that like we were always trying to get people's attention in different ways. So like very early on, we did a swimsuit issue where we found <laughs> swimsuits of like Albert Einstein and, and Eleanor Roosevelt and, and Louis Armstrong. And, you know, the tagline was, you don't have to love them for their minds anymore. But but we were always just trying to like, you know, a newsstand like a podcast newsstand is a really competitive space and it's hard to get people's attention. So what are the little things that give you a tiny edge? And, and then the other thing we really tried to do was, you know, we really tried to create people favorite magazine. Like we tried to create something that people would just be so excited to have in their lives and welcome into their life and, and feel like it was a part of their identity. And so before long, we had these headlines that were pretty ephemeral and we turned them into t-shirts and that became like a t-shirt business. And then like sort of anything that we thought could delight our readers, we'd we'd sort of indulge in, whether that was on trivia shows that that moved across the country to Freudian slippers to to whatever. And and in that space, we we did everything from a little bit of TV to white labeling content for other places to like 12 or 13 books. I, before I met you, before I worked with you or Will, I proudly owned a t-shirt that said the Hokey Pokey, a place 
to turn yourself around. <laughs> Metal Floss shirt. It strikes me that the stuff you guys were dreaming up and the way you were putting it out there in the world, which then became sort of kind of called a listicle, was co-opted, maybe a mean word, but sort of co-opted by other media companies like BuzzFeed and stuff like that. And when you saw that happen, when you saw this idea that you had brought out into the world of a new way to think about content, really fun, really consumable, but also super smart, what's that like to see other companies come in and sort of mimic it and take the ball and run with it and stuff like that? What was that moment like? I mean, uh, on one hand, you hope you're doing it better, right? And so like the lists that we tried to create were, were very much things that we hoped people would walk away actually having learned something. And on the other hand, it was encouraging for us to know that it wasn't just this one tiny idea, but actually something that was more of a movement and a generation actually liked to learn this way. So around 2017, you joined what at the time was Stuff Media, this podcast network that had shows like Stuff You Should Know and ultimately shows like Atlanta Monster. You and Will Pearson joined the company to, at least at the start, to launch a show, Part-Time Genius. But then you quickly became sort of one of the lead executive producers at the company, launching some of the best contents stuff media was making that has a sort of crazy story across the next four or five years stuff media got acquired by iHeartMedia. that's how you and i came into the iheart podcast network but before we get there jumping into podcasting in 2017 i assume like a lot of us at that time you're starting to listen to podcasts a lot you were probably like wow this is a crazy awesome medium but i don't want to lead the witness either like what was your take on it like jumping into a whole new medium restarting to a certain extent as a creator and a, and a producer where was your head at yeah, I mean, my, my wife worked for StoryCorps for, for a number of years. So like I'd, I'd been aware of how powerful audio could be. But I think walking into Stuff Media, I, I was really stunned by the engagement that people had. The fact that like people would listen through Josh and Chuck's show four or five times through the entire catalog. You know, like they could go to Perth and sell out three nights in an auditorium, right? Like that sort of engagement doesn't happen that often. And it was really something I found special. I think at the time people were listening to 11 and a half hours of stuff shows every week. And, and that's just a ridiculous metric, right? And so to me, it just felt like incredible opportunity. One, one, the culture of stuff was, and you had helped create this too from your work there previously, but it was just a really nice place where people didn't feel threatened in a way. And I, and I really, really loved that. And, and I felt like what was possible was there was this incredible core of content and this listener base that really loved it so dearly that when you tried to stretch what the brand could mean, they'd embrace it. And, and I, I think that was just a really exciting opportunity because if, you know, how stuff works or stuff like can cover any topic, it gives you so much liberty to like tell great stories. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today 
We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Was it hard to learn the craft of producing a good podcast? Like I imagine there's part of you jumping in as a as a host of the show Part-Time Genius, the first podcast you hosted for what was ultimately the iHeart Podcast Network. Some of that is probably just jump in, turn the mic on, I'll script it as best I can and I'll figure it out. But producing a podcast where you're really trying to like break story, build treatments, learn what makes a good podcast treatment versus a bad podcast treatment. Some of the shows you were producing at the time were very ambitious 
ambitious and difficult stories to tell some of the best stuff I think that was happening in podcasting. Was that a craft that was like, wow, I'm actually figuring out what it means to make a good podcast, like a 12-episode series in audio only. You can do it well or not well. And I'm learning what that's like. Like, what's what was that process like? I mean, for, for me, it was it was probably harder to be a host because Will is, is such a natural speaker and such a dynamic one. And, you know, when you get paired with someone who's so good at <laughs> and, and also for years, he did all the press and I just, you know, script a couple of jokes in the background. So it was, <laughs> that, that was much harder for me. You know, like it, it's one of those things that I've never known what I was doing, right? Like I didn't know how to make a magazine and every magazine we made was filled with all sorts of production errors and stuff. And, and you just kind of learn as you go, guided by a sense that you really believe in what you're doing. And, and for me, like all the shows we were making, like they had a real purpose. We weren't making crime shows for the like sake of making another crime show. It was like, oh, this show really talks about it from the perspective of victims, or this show really talks about what a black mother goes through, or this show, you know, like, like each each of these things had a real reason for telling it versus just like, this is more of what is popular. And, and, and I think when you're driven by purpose, and I think good content creates its own luck. And, you know, maybe that's Pollyanna, but, but, I, but I feel like I didn't have to do the hard work because I came into a studio that knew what they were doing. There were people like Tyler and Jerry and Matt and Alex and like people I could ask questions from and who very freely gave me guidance. You talked a little bit about the engagement of the podcast listener, and I, I don't want to breeze over that comment. Before we get into your work today with Kaleidoscope, an, a new media company and podcast network that you've co-founded, before we get into that, why do you think that is? about podcasting? Because as we've seen this strange phenomenon of podcasting that as it's gone from 10 to 50 to now 120 million people in the country every month listen to a podcast, the crazier stat now is 80 million a week listen to a podcast. Those 80 million listen to eight episodes a week each. So this is the newest mass reach medium in the world. The weirder stat is that that engagement you're talking about hasn't really changed. As it's grown as a medium, people still listen to it sort of emphatically. <laughs> Why is that? Why does this medium behave differently? Why that engagement, do you think? I think there are some of the obvious things, right? Like the words that are overused, like intimacy and, and the idea of being in your ear. I mean, I, I think those are very real. And and so I, I think when someone's telling you a story, it, it does foster a different connection. But, but I also think that over the past decade and, and, and maybe longer, right? We've been in this economy where things are constantly flashing at you for attention, whether it's like three second Facebook videos or, or your phone or Instagram or wh wh whatever it is, like everything is like competing. And in this space, like people have lost sense of what a brand is or a certain trust in media. At least that's my sense of it. I go to great magazines that I used to trust looking for like a pillow, right? And, and instead of just the great editor telling me this is the pillow I love, it's like 27 pillows that, that you should try, right? And mm -hmm. I don't want 27 pillows. And, and also like all those 27 pillows are, are commissions that they get, right? And so like somehow like voices and trust have been devalued in a great way in this space where everyone's constantly competing for your attention. Whereas in podcasts, you know you're going to sit with someone for half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour. Whatever story they're telling you, the things that really draws you into like listening to maybe an episode I don't want to listen to of history class or, or like I don't think I want to listen to. Like I'm, I'm learning a little bit about Holly or a little bit about Tracy or whatever, right? Like on the edges, I actually fall in love with the personalities as much as I like the subjects. And, and so I think all of that really matters. And we've lost a sense of what a brand or what a voice can be. And, and, and podcasts has kind of retained that. There's these weird uh, two or three 
stats that sort of easy to remember, but about 60% of people say they trust podcast creators a little more than social media content. And because of that, about 60% of podcast listeners have bought something they've heard about on a podcast. And because of that, about 60% of marketers who spend in podcasting today are going to spend more next year. And it all feels very obvious when you work in the medium because we know these creators, we work with them, they are what they say, but it's remarkable for a marketer. Just to step back with that, I mean, like, as soon as I I realized that, like, and how undervalued podcasting was, I I went and told all my friends who were at startups, like, this is so much of a smarter bet than anywhere else where like, you get a host spread ad for a product and and they test it and they vet it and people aren't skipping over the ads, right? Like, in in some ways, I I felt the same way about magazines where like, you know, I could I could breeze past the ads if I wanted, or I could look at them and enjoy them because they're beautiful or interesting to me. I don't skip past most podcast ads, but but I do in TV and other mediums. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. That's the other stat that we haven't seen change, not to get into the weeds on this, but it's actually phenomenal that this podcast ad skip rate is still around 5 to 15%, depending on the show and the ad load. But, you know, the YouTube ad skip rate is 75%. And it's okay. It's just that's that medium's ad skip rate. It's just phenomenal that podcasting is really sort of in rarefied air. It's also how you listen, right? I mean, on one hand, I'm happy to listen to the ads as long as I'm not getting abused by them, right? And and on the other hand, like, like, like it's not like I always just have my phone out and I'm watching it. Like, like I'm washing the dishes and right, playing right. through a speaker and like it's unobtrusive. Yeah. So you executive produced and created some truly amazing shows at the iHeart Podcast Network and will always be sort of family to us. Your newest wonderful chapter is a new company that you co-founded called Kaleidoscope. How did this seed get planted in your head and where did it come from? I mean, I, I had a lovely time at iHeart. You know, you, you were at the launch party and you saw all these iHeart people there. So it's not like I moved that far away from it. I, I think for me, I really love narrative shows. I, I think that's where my passion is. And one of the big learnings for me came from Women of Juarez, where I, I realized that you had actually commissioned the show and it ended up on my plate. And I thought, how are we going to make this show? This is a topic that people keep ignoring. This reporter, Monica Ortiz Uribe, had been trying to get this on air for 10 years on NPR and couldn't get more than like five minutes at a time. Suddenly we had this three hour block to play with. But it occurred to us that if you put something in the veneer of like noir and and you really tell a story in, in a compelling manner, you can get people to pay attention to something that they don't really care about or don't seem to care about, right? Like you say immigration or border issues or Juarez and like most people turn away. But what was stunning to me was not just that people listen and listen through the series because iHeart is who it is. The way the show was broadcast out, it was advertised against conservative radio and, and against pop radio and, and against everything. And, and so as a result, a show that I thought would be very, very niche and very, very um, elitist and coastal ended up being very middle America. And it hit those other pockets too. But as a result, in the comments, you saw things like people saying on Twitter, I'm a conservative. I used to be against immigration. I don't care who the F you are, bring your daughters and wives over the border. To know that storytelling could act as an engine of empathy 
was just something that was remarkable to me. And, you know, I mean, that wasn't the case with everything, but one of the reviews was, I listened to three hours of this and it's liberal garbage, or I listened to 10 episodes. And it's like, yeah, but you listened to 10 hours, you know, or, <laughs> you spent your three hours, you spent all 10 episodes with us. And again, goes back to this engagement, right? Like, like people can be drawn into stories they don't realize that they want to. The other part for Kaleidoscope, for me personally, was very international. I felt like on one hand, you see things like Squid Games and Lupin and, and like these shows coming from other countries and America, which had always been, you know, we don't really care about international film, international stories, whatever, you know, K-dramas as well, like all of a sudden embracing it, right? And and so it felt like, oh, the world's ready for all of these stories. On the other hand, I personally was feeling like in the world, there were all these isolationist leaders and nationalistic leaders where certainly in places like India, but, but with the emergence of Brexit, with various politicians around the globe, I, I felt like there was this very like nationalist, we don't need the world identity emerging while at the same time covid was ripping through the world in a matter of 24 hours right and it just showed us how connected we were how much we needed to rely on each other and for me the idea of telling really fun unusual stories that weren't being told in podcasting because as much as we love podcasts like most of it tends to skew towards true crime and chat shows when actually there are all these genres that we love in every other medium right like romance and adventure and mystery and whatever and and so like if you could take those and try to expand podcasting into those spaces with an international audience and international stories that felt like oh we can expand what podcasting means maybe it's awesome. I mean, starting a startup during quarantine, is it the hardest time to do it or the best time to do it? I don't know. I mean, I think on one hand, you know, we needed some funding to start and there were a lot of wealthy people who'd done quite well during that period. And so there was a lot of easy access to money that I don't think would have been there and certainly isn't there now and, and wouldn't have been there maybe like through four years prior. But also like media is hard. Startups are hard. Like we're truly lucky that we benefit from a relationship with iHeart in that, you know, if, if we didn't have a big distributor, we'd be lost in, in the space. But but the fact that like we can lean into this relationship and, and, and get the support to drive up the numbers and drive up awareness for the show is, is pretty important to our plan. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? 
Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. There are choices that can change your life. Like the choice to start routine colorectal cancer screening at age 45. It's one of the most common cancers for women and men, and it doesn't always have symptoms. But there's good news. Routine screening can catch colorectal cancer early and even prevent it. And there's even better news. You have screening options. Make the choice to put your health first. Talk to your doctor about your screening options or visit cdc.gov slash screen for life for more information. So let's wrap on the first two shows you're going to roll out into the world from Kaleidoscope. They're distributed by iHeart, as you said, but they're produced by you and the Kaleidoscope team. First is on chocolate. The second's on astrology. So it, it gives, I think, people watching and listening a good example of how this is different. They're not two obvious topics. And especially as I think as you, you're going to talk through them just a little bit, folks will get a sense of how I know this because I've worked with you in the past, but how you always sort of have a different take on even well-worn or even sort of well-worn mediums, which I just think is awesome. Start with the chocolate one. So the launch party you're talking about, for those watching and listening, Mangesh and his business partner, Oz Walashin, had an awesome launch party in New York recently for the first show. This was like this very sort of like multimedia experience where there's incredible chocolate happening in the corner, but also just a sort of a who's who room of notables from the New York media elite and all just sort of really passionately interested in this new thing you were rolling out. Where did the idea come from? How did you put it together? What's the thrust of it? There were some media elite and then you included and then like <laughs> my quite. mom and, and like <laughs> friends from high school. So it wasn't like, it was a nice mix. <laughs> and just to let you know who my my invites were. <laughs> um, you know, what we were trying to say, like, what is this company, right? Like when you launch, you're trying to figure out, like, how do we make a declaration of what we are? And for us, what's a show that's fun and weird and, and anyone can sort of like listen into? The idea was to make an Indiana Jones of chocolate, right? There's a strange treasure hunt for these rare and exotic chocolates that people thought were mythical until very recently. And, and it's these wild strains that only occur on the banks of the Amazon. So we follow a couple of characters as they race to try to save these chocolates. And the chocolates are otherworldly. Like they sell for $360 a, a, a tablet. Like a chocolate is actually a much more complicated flavor profile than wine. It's like four or five times more complicated. And so these cacaos have everything from notes of lychee to wood flavors to florals that that, that you wouldn't expect. And, and they taste nothing like the chocolates that you generally have. So we follow this German cacao hunter as he goes through to, to figure that out. And, and and, and also this Brazilian woman, Luisa Abrams, who takes some ayahuasca, realizes that her life is going to be all about chocolate and proceeds to make it so. But I think the thing that's interesting about chocolate is, is that 
wild cacao actually needs the cover of the rainforest to grow. And so if you can protect this cacao, you actually protect the rainforest from devastation. And so it's weirdly an environmental adventure story without being on its sleeve in an uh, environmental story. And to go with it, we, we thought, you know, I remember as a kid watching this Mr. Rogers episode where he went to a popsicle factory. And I remember being so angry that I couldn't taste the popsicle at the end of it. And we were describing these chocolates and the waves of flavor. And I remember thinking like, what if we tried to make this chocolate? And Oz made some phone calls and we called Louisa and we actually made this little library of chocolates that, that has three different chocolate bars. They're treated exactly the same except for the cacao bean. And so you can taste what cacao does to different different chocolate bars and all sourced from the Amazon and those are out as well. And so we just thought it'd be a fun thing to do. It's such a smart extension of it. Like what we've been focused in podcasting for the last five or so years is derivative works in the form of TV and film. And a lot of great podcasts have made a lot of great TV shows, but I don't think many are thinking outside the box like that to think, well, what if it becomes a chocolate bar instead of a movie, which is really cool. What about the astrology show? Yeah, the, the astrology show, you know, being Indian and, and growing up in kind of two worlds, you end up being a diplomat in a way where you're always explaining things to the other culture. So like whether I was explaining that, no, America is not like Baywatch and, and that isn't what my high school looks like in India to explaining things like arranged marriage to kids in the, in the States. And astrology was always one of those things that was kind of too far for me to explain. It, it felt like too outlandish and it was something I didn't even want to touch. It was like third rail. But increasingly, especially in COVID, you saw people leaning into astrology in dating apps. Bumble actually allows you to, to separate your profiles that you're interested in by signs. VCs have invested dramatically in, in the space and people say things like, you know, the comments are outlandish, but things like the pattern or co-star could be as big as Spotify is, is kind of a, a ludicrous statement, but one that, that people believe. Meanwhile, in India, like marriages, are made or broken based on astrology. Businesses wait to start, wait months or sometimes years to begin because of the dates being ambitious. And you see things like how this affects the world there. Like I was talking to an OBGYN who said that astrology is like the bane of his existence because parents will come in and grandparents will come in and say that for a C-section, which is an elective procedure, they want their baby delivered within this minute and a half because mm -hmm. that's what will give their child the best life moving forward, right? And, and so like astrology, whether you believe it or not, astrology has this dramatic impact on the world. You know, Reagan consulted an astrologer and it's pretty well known that he wouldn't have talked to Gorbachev or reduced nuclear reduction like if it hadn't been for an astrologer whispering in his ear. But <laughs> Nixon also saw an astrologer, Yeltsin, Francois Mitterrand, like, like the number of people who are susceptible to astrology is, is really kind of fascinating. But the driving engine for the show is, is that I went to an astrologer kind of on a lark just for the fun of it. And he gave me a mostly great reading. And then he told me my dad would fall ill and maybe not make it through the year. And, and that's exactly what happened. And so it's astrology, but it's also a um, memoir. Was there anything already on your radar about your dad's health? Or at the moment, was this a blindside? So my my dad had been pretty healthy, but he had gotten this note from the doctor that said his liver counts had spiked a little, but it was nothing to be worried about. And then I went to the astrologer and 20 minutes later, I got a note from my dad that things had gone south pretty quickly. It's really startling. I mean, for it to be anchored in that personal experience, but I think you're right. I think it's sort of this blind spot for some of us where this is what I've always felt you were so, so good at. 
was taking a topic that feels sort of familiar with that topic, but then putting it out in a new way where it feels oddly, deeply personal, but just totally different too. It's really hard to do that. And I think you've done it so, so, so well every single time. I appreciate that. I mean, putting things out is hard and you hope that you're gambling on the right things. But part of the hope too was like, look, astrology is one of those things that other people really believe in or they're really skeptical of. And so like, what's it be like to make a show that's for skeptics and believers, right? Mm. And, and also it's it's such a Indian first gen story that like, you know, is there an audience that isn't listening to podcasts who could be hooked into the medium? And so I, I think those are part of the reasons. But the other part of it is is that it's really funny to, to take mundane questions. Like one person asks, what's going to happen to BTS? And trying to like figure that out, like through astrology or, or there's a 74 year old woman whose marriage broke up and she wants to know, well, dating is awful as a 74 year old. Should I engage in escort? And like, you know. We ask an astrologer that, and and it's much wider and and more bizarre, I hope, than than people come into it expecting. I guess today has been Mangesh Atikadur. He has a long, long history in making amazing content on the internet and beyond. Can I whisper one last thing to you? Yes, please do. Uh, and I think you might know this, but not everyone does. But we're doing a show about a cosmonaut. The next show that's coming out is about a cosmonaut who went up into space. The Soviet Union disbanded beneath him, and there was no country to bring him down. But it's hosted by Lance Bass, who actually went to Roscosmos and and is super excited to do a whole bunch of promotion for this. And I, I think if Kaleidoscope has a breakout show, this year, I think that'll be it. And so, any idea what the name of it's going to be? The last Soviet. Love it. Mangesh, who now is a co founder of a company called Kaleidoscope, just making some of the best podcast content out there in the world. iHeart is a partner of Kaleidoscope. We distribute their shows. Mangesh, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I really appreciate it, man. It's so fun to hang out, Connell. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week. Be well. Podversations is a production of iHeartRadio. You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. There are choices that can change your life. Like the choice to start routine colorectal cancer screening at age 45. It's one of the most common cancers for women and men, and it doesn't always have symptoms. But there's good news. Routine screening can catch colorectal cancer early and even prevent it. And there's even better news. You have screening options. Make the choice to put your health first. Talk to your doctor about your screening options. Or visit cdc.gov slash screen for life for more information. 
When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today.